okay? Are we awake? Are we ready? Uh, I hope so. I, I just want to allude quickly to that uh, last weekend because, and I just want to, you know, as, as Phil has, as Helen has, I want to thank you for the investment you made because without you, it literally would have been impossible to do what we did. Even after our offering, we still had like a few people drop £100 into the bank account just out of nowhere. Um, and we knew that God was going to do something special because of the miracles he'd done that led up to the event. And the, Facebook normally annoys me. Like, it, it, I don't go on it that much. It frustrates me because there's a lot of people moaning about a lot of things. But this week, we've had people coming out saying, I follow Jesus, so what? Like, to all the friends, they've been declaring that they've made a commitment to follow Jesus to the friends on Facebook. And we've had hundreds of likes this week. Um, people saying, you know what, I follow Jesus. And if you don't like that, so what? Who cares? And that's what Facebook should be for, hey? Now, so obviously we know we're in this series of God first. And, the, and our key verse is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Let's read it together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Obviously, Christian opened the series with his message on God first. And we come to these, uh, these little boxes with sand and he was speaking about you know, you can put all your sand in and you can, you can have all this stuff and that all goes in together and God, you just fit him in wherever. And, 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 you know, that's not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to put God first and everything else will follow. Then he spoke about priorities and what are we putting first in our lives and that was great. And then Phil, uh, sorry, Paul spoke about connecting, connecting with God, connecting with his people. Just quickly, if Paul's in today, is Paul in today? Paul's not in this morning, but... One thing Paul didn't uh, mention, he was talking about the John Wayne reference. I don't know if anyone noticed, but Paul has his mobile phone strapped to a clip here. <laughs> Rumor has it that he's the fastest drawer in the, we- <laughs> in, the, in the West. He's not here. I feel quite bad. I, I, I'll do it tonight if he's here tonight. And then obviously, <laughs> obviously Phil shared last week on serving and uh, how we, again, serve God and, and serve people. Now, I'm going to come on to, uh, to my subject in just a second, but I'd like us to turn in the Bibles to Luke 19. Luke 19, uh, it's going to come up on the screens if you've not got a Bible. Luke 19 verse 1 says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was so sure, he could not see over the crowd. I sympathize with the guy. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Wasn't Jesus scandalous? That's not in the Bible. That was me saying that. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I love this verse. I love this passage of scripture. It shows me a lot about Jesus. It tells me a lot about Jesus, but we're going to park that there for just a second. 
Now, I want to be honest with you this morning. Is that okay? Before I got married, I thought I was the expert on women. Like, I thought I knew everything. Like, I thought I knew how they acted, how they'd react in a certain situation, what they liked, what they didn't like. I thought I was the expert. I don't know about any married men if you had the same experience, but that was me. You might call me delusional. <laughs> That's going to completely ruin my point now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. You might call me delusional. You might say I was ignorant. I'd say um, confident. I thought I knew everything about women. Now, this changed uh, on a night in, uh, I need to remember this, May 2011, when I asked my wife to marry me. She was not my wife then, of course. I asked her to marry me. I got down on one knee. I did the whole thing on top of a bridge. It was so romantic until you find out it was the M1 motorway bridge. And then, and then not so much, but I proposed to her. We got engaged. We got, uh, and then so uh, what people will tell you, what married people will tell you is that when you get engaged, it quickly changes the landscape of a relationship. All of a sudden, you've gone from being at this place where, yeah, we're just like, the biggest decision you have to make is what film you're going to see at the cinema. And now we're talking about houses, mortgages, like what we're going to buy for the house. And I'm like, I don't, wow, this is a lot of stuff really quick. Everything changes. And me and my wife, we got married fairly quick. We bought a house a few months after getting engaged. We then got married a few months after that. And a few months after that, we move into this beautiful house. And we're there on our own. Now, as a Christian guy, I'd never lived with a, a woman on my own. I'd never even been on holiday with a woman on my own. So, like, this is a new thing for me. And you, you need to understand, the people closest to me will realize this, that uh, maybe I'm not the easiest person always to live with. But <laughs> why are you all laughing? <laughs> Phil just said we know, just, so, uh, just to give you a running commentary. But... You see, I quickly started to realize that I, I wasn't the expert on women because things started to happen. Now, people were saying to me, like, oh, the first year of marriage is the worst. It's the hardest. I'm like, flipping heck, I, I'm scared. I, I, let me just tell you from experience, I, the first year of my marriage was the best year of my life, and it just keeps getting better. But anyway, I play football. I play for Arena FC. Uh, the greatest team around. I, I had planned to say we've not been unbe- we've, uh, unbeaten while I've played for them until we lost yesterday. Um, so, so I don't know. Maybe that's some kind of pride thing, but here we are. Um, but I play for Arena FC. I go off on a Saturday morning. And I'd come back. Like The first, the first week I did this, I, I come back to my wife. And ladies, what you have to understand is this. When a guy has just played football and won, it's like Julius Caesar coming back from a great conquest. Like... I'm like riding on my horse. I'm like expecting a hero's welcome. I'm expecting to walk through the door. My wife's like, uh, how did you do? Like, how many shoot, uh, like, shots did you take? How many passes did you do? Like, did you win? Like, sit down. I'll get you some food. Like, get your feet up. Don't worry about it. I was expecting this. Like, I, I don't know. I was crazy. Anyway, I walked through the door. And I walked into my house. And my wife's there. And she asked me this crazy question. I didn't get it. I... Uh, I didn't understand it. And she says, how does the house look? How? How does the house look? Uh, like, I think I'm a fairly sharp guy. Like, I think I'm fairly quick in a conversation, especially in I'm going through these different answers that I could possibly choose, and I can't think of a good one. So I'm like, I, I love the house. 
Like, the house is great. This open plant thing we've got going on here, it's amazing. Like, the table, tennis table in the garage, I, I love this house. This is, the, this is the best house. My wife didn't seem satisfied with the answer, so I went upstairs. I got a shower, thought about this, and said to my wife, like, you baby seem a bit quiet. Are you okay? She said, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> just for my friend Kev, who's just got engaged. Uh, fine can mean a cornucopia of different things. Uh, we'll talk about that on our own. Anyway, we go through the week. This question still puzzles me. I, I go to football. Obviously, we've won again. I come back like Julius Caesar expecting a hero's welcome. I walk through the door. This time, my wife's upstairs. Walk into the bathroom to take a shower. And my wife says, how does the bathroom look? And I'm thinking, I remember this from last week. What is with this woman? Like, is she Okay. I'm like, so I, the only way I know how to rectify this is just to take it to another level. So I'm like, the bathroom is great. Like, I love the bathroom. The hot and cold taps, yeah, please. Like, shower, yes. Love it. The way the toilet flushes, this is me. Like, I love this bathroom. I go crazy about it. Again, she didn't seem quite satisfied with my answer. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. Walked away, puzzle scratching my head. Again, we went through this thing for a few weeks until finally I came home not expecting the hero's welcome anymore. And she asks me, she asks me the same question, how does the house look? And I'm like, babe, look, uh, this question, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Please explain. Well, she goes, well, Josh, I've been cleaning the house. I do my big clean on a Saturday morning. I've been doing the house and you've not noticed. You see, my wife, as gracious as she was, just, she just wanted me to notice what she'd done. She used to want me to notice how she'd uh, been cleaning the house and how she'd been looking after me and how she'd been looking after our house. And me, of course, I, I was ignorant to this because I thought when you dropped your clothes on the floor, like, I, I didn't know what it was, but they just appeared in the, in the cupboard. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I quickly realized that I, I didn't quite know women or, or my wife as well as I thought I did. You see, isn't it funny how... An engagement, when you engage in a relationship, that things change quite quickly. I, I used to find that song, you know, you can sing along with me if you know it. I love you more today than yesterday. Do, 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 do. But not as much as tomorrow. You're not very good at singing. Um, <clears throat> I, like, I used to hear that song and I was like, ah, what the heck is that? That is a disgusting song. I like, You'd be at a like, 20th, 30th anniversary, and people are like, oh, that's so nice. He just said he loves it more than the first day he met. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, I will never say something stupid like that. That does not make sense. You see, as me and my wife have been engaged in this relationship, as the years have gone on, we have actually, I find that actually I love her more today than I did before because I know her better. I, I know what she likes. I know how, how she acts. I know, you know how to cheer her up when she's down from being engaged in this relationship, I love her even more. See, isn't this what it's like with our relationship with Jesus? Isn't this what it's like with our God? The more we get to know him, the more we engage with him, the more we read our Bibles, the more we pray, the more we have a conversation with him, the more we open up to him, the more we love him. Isn't this what our relationship with Jesus is like? This morning, I want to speak into the subject of engaging. Engaging and engaging God. Be a good 
time to open to my notes. You see, when we engage with this God, when we put him first, we make a decision to engage with him. And when we engage with him, when we start a conversation with him, we quickly realize that he is the most engaging character in the universe. Isn't this the God that created us just so that he could engage with us? Isn't this that God? Isn't this the God who in Genesis he walked with Adam in the cool of the day? See, Jesus, God, right at the start of the Bible, shows us how he wants to relate with us. He just wants to walk with us in the cool of the day. He just wants a relationship with us. He just wants an engagement with us. See, we come back to our verse in Zacchaeus, uh, sorry, in Luke, about Zacchaeus, this guy. And it's a strange verse for me. I've already said I love it, but it says Jesus was just passing through the town. He was just passing through. It wasn't a revival meeting. He wasn't going to preach at a conference. He was just passing through. He's walking through the town. Jesus is there. And we find, uh, we get introduced to this very interesting character by the name Zacchaeus. And it says that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. And what that meant was Zacchaeus was a rich man. He had the money. Like, if it was today, Zacchaeus would be rolling up to church in his Ferrari and his Armani suit. He would be the richest of the rich. He was a wealthy guy. Like, this, this guy had it together, okay? But because he was a tax collector and a chief tax collector, it meant that he was alienated from his own people. Because the people he made his money from were the peop- his own people. He stole from his own people. So this Zacchaeus, this man who seemed to have it all together, he had all the material things, he would have had the house, he would have had the car, he would have had the clothes. This man actually was probably quite a lonely man. The people he worked for, the Roman government, probably didn't care about him either. They probably didn't like him. He was a lonely man. Aren't there a lot of people like that today? I see a lot of people like that. They got the money, they got the car, they might even have the fame, right? But they're lonely. They're looking for a connection, looking for an engagement, looking for a relationship. And this man was so desperate for, enge- for an engagement that he climbed a tree. You see, Jesus was walking through a town, and like I said, he's not planned to go to a meeting, but crowds were flocking around him. This tells you something about Jesus. This tells you how charismatic he was, but more than that, it tells you how he engaged with people because it wasn't just about the meeting, it was about everywhere he was, people followed him. This Jesus, he's amazing. And Zacchaeus, because he was short, he climbs this tree because he wants to see Jesus. I'm sure he's heard the stories, I'm sure he's heard about the miracles, I'm sure he's, he's, he's heard some stories about what Jesus has done, how he's engaged with people, and Zacchaeus needed to see Jesus. He had to see him. He climbed this tree. I, the way I see it, Jesus, he walks through this crowd. I'm sure there was a bit of a ruckus. There was noise. Because where crowds are, there's noise. And he's walking through this crowd and people, I'm sure, are trying to grab him. People are trying to get his attention. But Jesus carries on walking through the crowd. And he stops at this tree and he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus. He addresses him by his name. There's no other account that Jesus knows Zacchaeus. He dressed him by his name and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to come to your house for dinner. You see, it's not a stretch to believe that Zacchaeus was the worst 
person in this crowd. The worst of the worst. I don't believe it's a stretch to believe that Zacchaeus in this crowd was the one person you don't want to be with. Because the people start going, Zacchaeus? You don't want to go to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus is the worst of the worst. Does he know he's going to, be the fr- uh, to, to go to the house of a sinner? No, no, Jesus, you've got it wrong. Like, honestly, go to the religious people's house. It's just down the road. They'll do you a, like a slap-up meal. It'll be great. You're going to go to the house of a sinner. Then the way I see it, we don't have an account of this, but I believe that Zacchaeus, uh, Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and they have this meal and they have this amazing time. It's, it's crazy around the table because Jesus is there, more people are there, and I, I believe it's just this incredibly interactive time of engagement. You see, Jesus was a great preacher. Can we all agree that Jesus was a good preacher? He was a good preacher. He didn't have the, the worship band, he didn't have the multimedia presentations. Thousands of people just followed him. They just wanted to hear what he had to say. He was an amazing preacher. But I believe Jesus was better around the table. I think he's a great preacher, but I think he was even better around the table. You see, I, I can just imagine him sat there around this table. There's this, this mixture of authority, this mixture of grace and mercy and, uh, and just passion. I just believe he called the best out of people. I believe he encouraged people. I believe people left Jesus pumped up because he engaged with them. He listened to them. He cared about them. This Jesus, he engages with people, I hope that I'm better on a Monday than I am on a Sunday. It's all right to do this. This is, this is cool. This is all right. The church is amazing. But I hope we're not living for Sunday, but we're living from Monday to Saturday. The way some people interact with Jesus or religion or Christianity, I, I see it like this. They put a front on on Sunday, and then Jesus is nowhere to be seen on a Monday. What we do here has to change what we do on Monday. It has to change how we live Monday to Saturday. It has to change how we live in our week. It has to change how we interact with our officers, with our schools, with our universities. It has to change it. See, Jesus engaged with Zacchaeus. I think we're quite quick to give charity these days, aren't we? Charity's okay. Uh, I understand there's a need for charity, but engagement is better. Sometimes it's easy to give someone five pound. It's a lot harder to engage with someone. It's a lot harder to invest in a relationship. It's a lot harder to look someone in the eye and say, are you doing okay? Jesus did this wherever he went. That's why people followed him. From Jesus engaging with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus turned from his ways. He was changed forever. Now, this is just my interpretation, but the way I see it, Zacchaeus, there's this, there's this great commotion as Zacchaeus stands up and he makes this short but powerful speech, says, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. You see, we don't get an account of Jesus laying out a five-step plan. 
We don't get an account of Jesus even commanding this guy. We don't get an account of Jesus saying, Zacchaeus, you're doing it all wrong. You're so messed up. All we find is an engagement. We just find an engagement. We find an engaging Jesus connecting with a person. From this conversation, from this relationship, Zacchaeus was changed forever. This is my relationship with Jesus. Uh, I only changed when I connected with Jesus. When I stepped into a relationship with Jesus, that's what changed me from the inside out forever. You can try and follow a five-step plan. You can try and, you know, get everything in order and have everything okay. I believe that's unsustainable. The only way to do this thing, the only way, is to engage with the relationship with Jesus. I think some people in this place, you're not free this morning because you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to do it in your own strength. You're trying to follow a five-step plan. If I do this and I do this and I stop doing this and I stop doing this, I'll be fine. I don't think you will. I believe the only sustainable way of changing is Jesus. A relationship with Jesus. See, in this verse, we find out that this Jesus is less about religion and more about relationship. We find out that he's less about condemnation and more about conversation. This Jesus wants to know me. See, I I know that some of you guys in here, you've heard all kinds of things about Jesus. You've heard people say that... uh, you know, people have probably condemned you. People have told you you're doing it wrong. People have told you that you're going to hell or whatever or whatever. I, I believe the one thing you need to know is this, that this Jesus wants to engage with you. He doesn't judge you. He wants to be invited into your mass. When, it, when I invited Jesus into my mass, it changed me forever. Forever. See, we... I'm sure people on this day were shocked. The air left the room, and I'd be like, oh, Zacchaeus, what is he saying? Zacchaeus, he loves money. Like, this, Zacchaeus is crazy about money. Zacchaeus is known for his love of money, and he said he's going to basically give it away. And then Jesus says this right at the end. Verse 10. He shows us what his mission was. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It's almost a throwaway comment. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, as I've spoken about our engagement with God, our engagement with Jesus, our engagement with Him, all our prayer meetings, all our services, this what we're doing here, it has to lead to lost people. It has to lead to lost people. Because it's like I spoke about my relationship with Helen. As I know her more, I I become like her. I I love her more. You see, as we engage with Jesus, as we put him first in our lives, we become like him. And his desires become our desires. As I engage with God, my heart burns for lost people. As I engage with this Jesus... His main priority becomes my main priority. 
And his main priority is lost people. Don't be deceived. There's people out there who are lost. People out there who are broken. People out there who are hurting. In your workplaces, in your schools, your neighbors, and on your streets, in your families. And God is looking to engage with them. The way he does that today is through you. It's through you. Say, Josh, how? Like, I, I want to engage with people. I, I've been trying. Honestly, Josh, I've been trying to tell people about Jesus. I, I've been trying my hardest. I, I, I've been, I, I set myself a target to tell this many people about Jesus, and it's just not worked. I want to set you free this morning. Telling people about Jesus is less about having a tick list of how many people you've told and more about listening to this Jesus who you're engaged with. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But one thing I do that I think is okay is at the start of each day, I, I ask God to give me opportunities. I ask him to, to give me opportunities to tell people about him, to engage with people. Some days, I have incredible days where I pray for people, where I send a prayer request out for people, where I talk to my home office about Jesus. Some days, those days are great days. But I have other days where I don't tell anyone about Jesus, and that's cool. That's okay. See, this isn't a burdensome thing. This isn't a heavy thing that weighs you down. It's around your neck. This is a liberating thing. This is a freeing thing. I know this Jesus, and I must tell people about him. I'm looking for Christians to just engage with the world. Just be good people in the offices. Just be good people where they are. Get involved with people. Get involved in people's lives. Get involved in people's mess. Try and help people. Try and be good with people. Get involved. Sometimes we have no effect because we're not involved in the world. I think one of the most intriguing bits out of this whole verse is right at the start when it says Jesus entered Jericho and was just passing through. He was just passing through. But you see, there was a difference between how Jesus does it and how we do it. Jesus was passing through with his head up. He was looking for opportunities. He, he was waiting for the opportunity to present itself. He was ready to engage. Don't we just pass through supermarkets? Don't we just pass through shopping centers? Don't we just pass through our workplaces with our heads down? Just thinking about us, just thinking about me, thinking about my thing, thinking about how much pain I'm in, how hurt I am. But if only we could get our eyes off of ourselves and get our heads up and onto Jesus and realize that there's a world that needs engaging. Can we... Get our eyes off of us. Can we get our eyes off of our problems? Off of what we're going through? And can we get our eyes onto Jesus? As we do that, we will engage with this world that we live in like never before. I want to ask you this morning, are you engaging with your world? Do people think, do people even like you? Because I believe that God has called his church, he's called his people 
to engage wherever they are. In the workplace, in the school, in the university. God's calling people to rise up, get beyond their own agenda and get onto his agenda and realize that agenda is lost people. To engage with lost people. This isn't just about firing a quick, uh, a quick gospel message at someone. This is about getting in someone's life. I guarantee you, I promise you, it's a scary prayer, but if you pray that prayer, God, give me opportunities today. Give me opportunities to tell people about you. I guarantee he will give you them. I guarantee it. I know it because I've done it in my own life. This morning, you might be coming for your first time. You might have come a hundred times and you've still not engaged with this God. I believe this story of Zacchaeus is the blueprint of how God would like to engage with you. I believe this morning you, you've been climbing some trees. If you're, you're here this morning, you're not here by, by accident. Like Zacchaeus, he climbed the tree to see Jesus. I believe you've been climbing some trees. You might have been climbing the tree of wealth to try and fill a gap in your life. You might have been tra- climbing the tree of uh, the job. You might have been climbing the tree of relationships and they've not worked. This morning you climbed some steps and I believe you're going to see Jesus. See, Jesus just wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. He wants you to open up your life. He wants to be invited into your mess, into your brokenness, into your hurt, into your pain. He wants to just be invited in there. And from that, I believe he'll change you forever. I'd just like us to close our eyes and bow our heads for just a second. You're not praying. You're just giving people the space. And if you'd like to connect with this Jesus, if you'd like to engage with this Jesus this morning, if you'd like to put your trust in him, if you say, Josh, look, I'm a mess, but I want to try this, I'd like you to just lift your hand now, if that's you. You want to start a relationship with this Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus this morning. You want to engage with this Jesus this morning. I want you to lift your hand in the air. Great. You can lift your heads. We're going to sing this song in just a second. For any people that made a decision this morning, we have a Next Steps booklet. If you want to come and grab it, you can come and grab it from the resource hub. And that'll be great. I'm just going to ask the band to sing Spirit Lead Me. And then I'm just going to, I'm just going to finish off by challenging us to, to something, if that's okay. But band, if we can sing Spirit Lead Me, that'd be great.